0: I'm sitting here stoned at Tortillo's Nobody knows my name, and that's all right with me
1: She said adios, so I said hello Don Julio, top shelf, self-help remedy Sure was good too shines on a fool like me all right ladies and gentlemen we are back and we have a very special guest on the line with us he's becoming a veteran this is his second appearance on the always be booked podcast we're here with dan and uh, dan did a very very interesting and you might want to call it even like a bucket list slash dream sailing on the uh, panama canal on a disney cruise uh, what's up dan welcome to the show
0: thanks uh, i am always glad to be back love uh Love Always Be booked podcast. You can't sure. go
1: wrong with it. <laughs> Absolutely. We had a great response off your last appearance, and uh, I'm sure you're going to deliver the goods again. No problems. <laughs> uh, I, I, I look forward to it. <laughs> and no pressure either, of course. No pressure. Yeah, um, uh, Never. All right. So, Dan, you went on a Disney cruise ship, and now Dan was this guy who, uh, you know, I we, we worked together in Orlando. And I walked in, you know, starting this whole cruise thing. And it was, you know, when Always Be Booked was just in its infancy. And uh, I was like, you know, I'm a cruise guy. I like to take cruises. And at that point, I had probably been on like six or seven cruises. Dan looks at me like, yeah. Oh, that's real cute. Cute that you've been on seven cruises. I've been on about 20 Royal Caribbean cruises. So Dan was like a veteran when I met him, right? And that was Royal Caribbean mostly, right? Yeah, pretty much. Royal with a little bit of carnival in there. Okay, so you did have a couple of carnivals, but you were basically, from what uh, our conversations were, you were pretty loyal to Royal. And then, you know, it's crazy. Like, a lot of people say, you told me you had a Disney cruise booked, and you've been on Disney for the last couple of cruises, haven't you?
0: I have my fourth one booked this September. So I've done three so far. Then I have another one booked for uh, Alaska next uh, June.
1: Now, is that a hard sell for you? Like, is that a hard and fast rule now? Now, you went from Royal to Disney, or are you still kind of keeping your options open?
0: No, I'm still keeping my options open, Just uh, I was in Alaska. Like, the Alaska cruise is a family cruise, so kind of the same thing as the Panama Canal. It's kind of one of those once-in-a-lifetime things. So I was like, well, I'm not well just do it with the family, because it's like being a little bit cheaper for me also, so...
1: Right. Now, we touched on this a little bit last time. I want to talk mostly about this particular sailing. But before we do that, can you just... And maybe I'm probably going to ask you to do something that's difficult to do because I know people ask me all the time, and it's like, uh, how do you you compare? But can you, in maybe a minute or so, whatever, kind of contrast or compare the Disney versus Royal Caribbean experience overall?
0: Overall, I kind of feel... I mean, I feel the major difference is, like, the amount of staff you see. Because they pretty much say on the Disney cruises it's like a one to four ish ratio, give or take, on average, for a crew to guests. So I feel you do see a lot more staff just walking around or cleaning the facilities, like, you know, daily maintenance stuff. Compared to Royal, which is, you know, usually in the higher, closer to, like, one to... I'm not going to say one to 10, but I know it's higher up near there, especially once you get onto like an awaitance class. You're talking a little higher numbers for 1,500 workers. Yes. I mean, definitely the amount of staff that you see, everybody literally says hi to you. You know, everybody from the janitors, when you see the captain walking around the ship. That's another thing, too, is I think I've seen the captain walking around the Disney ship more than I have any other. Ship that I've been on, especially the two week cruise, I saw them like five times.
1: It was crazy. <laughs> so that's out of control. So it sounds like the the main word is hospitality. Like you're really getting that personal touch, whether it's from like, you know, the standpoint of just having multiple people be able to, you know, attend to your needs, all the way down to them just being more friendly and more kind of like, uh, they just seem like they put up, they, they don't play around. There's no, there's, they place a high premium on the personal touch, don't they?
0: Oh, 100%. They they want you to feel like you, I mean, it's like any cruise ship, but I don't, like, they don't want you to feel like you need to lift a finger, anything that they can do within their, you know, within their reason, they're going to 100% help you and do it for you.
1: Yeah, man, there's got to be something to that because of the fact that, I mean, Royal Caribbean, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts, even Norwegian lately, and Carnival's starting to creep in there too, and the topic I'm talking about is uh, technological advancements and kind of bells and whistles and crazy stuff that you put on a cruise ship. Disney Disney doesn't even play that game. They don't even enter into that game. They're just kind of keeping the ships basic, and they just overpower you with just the experience, don't they?
0: Well, uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, they also, I mean, I would say technologically-wise, like, one of the coolest things about being on a Disney ship is um, they can premiere, any Disney movie that comes out, they can premiere it on the ship. So when I was on the ship, Captain Marvel came out near the very end. They premiered Captain Marvel on the cruise ship for us.
1: Oh, wow, yeah, so they have the rights to that so they can, you know, give that little extra added feature and you know you certainly not getting that on any of the other cruise ships. But yeah, no, that makes sense. So uh and, and the other thing is like they get all this done without you know, they don't need to put flow riders, they don't need to put uh, you know, zip lines and things like that or bumper cars. And they don't even have a casino.
0: Yeah, that's that's probably the biggest thing is a lack there of to the casino. You know, it's it's the first time I went on it was a little weird, just not having that noise you know what I mean like yeah, you always have the casino the noise you're going through and it's just weird that that's like non-existent
1: yeah you know what I mean exactly you don't hear the ding ding dings and the whole you know you know, there's, there's a certain noise that you, you just hear when you're running me personally it gives me a little bit of an anxiety because uh, you know I know I'm about to win or lose money but I know that sound <laughs> you're talking about you're there. when you go to AC of Vegas you open that front door you walk in and you just hear that you know crazy different musical, you know, whatever it is, however you describe it. But, all right, so this was which Disney cruise ship? This was The Wonder. Oh, it's one of the the older ones?
0: Yeah, so The Magic and The Wonder are the two uh, oldest ones. The Magic came out first, then The Wonder.
1: Okay, and then this left out of where?
0: Uh, We left out of uh, Orlando, Port Canaveral, and we went uh, to San Diego, so... So this was one, this was a one
1: a one way. It was a, a repositioning cruise. Yep. Okay. I always wanted to talk to somebody who did a full transit, and this was a clearly a full transit. But let's just back that up. And so, what was the first port of call you hit?
0: First port of call was the private island, uh, Castaway Cay, Castaway Key.
1: I guess it's... Yeah, it's just, a little a little a little don't even get me started on that debate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. That's why I'm like, yeah, we'll do, you know, we'll call it
1: Catholic Key. Man. I just, got, yeah. <laughs> I'm probably wrong. Now everybody's starting to correct me. It's key no matter what. I don't care. If you spell it like K, I'm calling it K. You can, you're can you going to have to deal with it. I'm, I get emails, you know, technically you're wrong. They're sending me references, dictionary, you know, entries, and like, listen, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. If you're going to if you're like real Caribbean, if you're going to, name your island perfect day at Coco Key I'm not doing it it's Coco K so <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree that's what I call it too so. exactly so <laughs> so Castaway K as we'll, I guess we'll go for purposes of this uh this interview it, it, it they say that that again is the whole Disney experience taken to the next level there as well right
0: yeah so um <laughs> this time was a little different for us um so every time they go to their private
1: island, they have a 5K. A 5K? Um, yeah, a 5K. You, you do a little run around the island. You can't call um, it a, f- a 5 You missed my joke. A 5K? Oh, I heard you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> I, I just don't want your viewers to hate me. So. Uh. <laughs>
1: right. You could have stuck it in the email, too. Um, <laughs> all right. Exactly. So, so, yeah. So you can do the, five, the 5K, right? You have to sign up yeah, for it can, in can, advance, right?
0: yeah just when we got on we just signed up for it um i kind of uh was i lost some weight um i've lost about 20 pounds nice so far since january so it was just like a little thing that we wanted to do just to kind of because we knew we were going to be off for two weeks so it was like ah, let's do a little something to you know make ourselves feel good about potentially eating a little bit more 100%. Um, <laughs> so uh um, we did that, and in the middle of that, it kind of started to storm on us and rained pretty bad. Um, so we really didn't do too much on the island this time because we got drenched. So we went back to our room, changed, and we just kind of just stayed on the boat and just sundays once the sun when uh, the sun came out. But I mean, they <sighs> Castaway uh, Castaway Key is just. Ah, man, that's... It was, it's kind of it's just an extension of the ship on the island. Yeah. The food. They do barbecue. Um, they have barbecued ch- chicken, ribs, coleslaw. Like, it's a fantastic barbecue um, when it comes to the food. Then they have their little gaming shops that they have there that you can buy souvenirs from. Obviously, they have their Disney stuff that you can buy stuff from. Um, but just in terms of, like, what you can do... You rent out a private cabana in the adult only section of the beach. Right. Or you can be with the kids in the kids section. Um, they got some bars there for you too. So I really haven't done too much at Castaway Key just because almost every time I've been there, it's literally been horrendous weather. It's like that's been the only bad weather of the cruise is when we're at Castaway Key.
1: What time did you get there?
0: Um, so I think we probably docked at like. 6 a.m. or so because um, they allow the 5k people off the boat first. Okay. So they can get everybody who starting to run and before everybody else gets off. That way you're not having to really battle people. You I know, be, know what I mean?
1: I'd be nervous to do the 5k only because uh, I don't know how long it would take me and I'd do I wouldn't have anything left to do a pier run, because I may not make it, so I don't know if there's enough time <laughs> allocated on the island for me to complete a full 5K, but I'm sure it would, I'm sure it would end up...
0: Well, it took me 45 minutes Okay, to do it, so it wasn't a terrible time, I wouldn't say fantastic time either, but I mean...
1: Yeah, you're not trying out for the Olympics, I get it.
0: Yeah, so, just, you know, I was, it was me, my mom, my sister, so I was just, you know, running with my mom, and keeping pace with her. She had uh, a little ankle injury before, so it's not like we were trying to exert anything too much, but, you know, that's...
1: Yeah, just get the blood going and get it done, and, uh, you know, I totally get what you're saying afterwards. You feel a little bit better, you know, you're guilt-free, you burn off some food, you know, get the blood going. I, I totally get it. I try to make it to the gym on most, you know, when I do the seven-day sailings, I'm... In the gym, at least four, four days a week or so. Not because, you know, I think I'm going to, you know, lose weight while on the cruise. Just because it, you know, keeps you going throughout the day. Gets the blood going a little.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes you, makes you feel a little bit better about what you're eating and drinking and stuff like that. <laughs> exactly.
1: If you're going to do, you know, three breakfasts before noon, you know, if you're 5K, we'll kind of maybe put you a little bit back on the straight and narrow a little bit. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so I think it's cool, though. That's one thing they say about uh, Castaway Key is that they say you can get a decent adult experience, too. They do a good job of separating the family area from the adult area?
0: Oh, yeah. It's, uh, so they have trams on the island, um, typical Disney fashion. Um, and you can, they have two tram stops, essentially. Um, first one's at the first end of the family section, the second one, the, near the kind of the end of the family section and then to go to the adult only area you have to take a separate tram from the second stop. So they really make it so the adult area is in a very different spot from the other area. So you do feel like you're not dealing with kids whatsoever because it's a separate train you know, separate tram ride to go over there. You're not going to see the kids on there because it's just they stick out like a sore thumb, and you know what that tram is for. You right. know what I mean? It's the exactly. adult-only beach, and that's all it does. the adult-only beach and back. So you know it's specifically what the trams for. And I never saw one kid at the adult-only beach anytime I had been there. I've only been there for a grand total of like maybe four hours, but okay, <laughs> there was never never a kid there when any time I was there.
1: All right, cool. So all right, so you wrap it up. You get back on the ship. Um, what is the next port of call?
0: Let's see. After that, we went to Grand Cayman.
1: Okay. Grand Cayman, Tenderport, Alert, Tender Alert. Yep. <laughs> What'd you do over there?
0: We actually went helmet diving, which really? was the coolest thing I've ever done.
1: Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I hear Grand Cayman, Cozumel, they're all like, you know, those are the places you want to kind of do some diving. Uh, so what's the exp- uh, helmet experience like, if you could describe that, if for anybody who doesn't know?
0: So it's kind of weird. Um, it's like a 70-pound helmet, and they take you out of those little bars, and they're like, all right, we're going to put this helmet on you with, uh, with the pressure, and you, you literally just start... We were down, like, 50 feet. We were down pretty far. Uh-huh. Um, so you kind of just crawl. You're crawling down this ladder. As you're going down, you got to decompress your ears, so... so you can like stick your hand up in in the helmet and whatnot, and kind of like itch your nose, pop your ears and whatnot as you're going down. I mean, once you get to the bottom, you're. It's, I mean, it's a completely different world. Like, it's kind of weird because the way the helmet's designed, um, when you're looking out your peripherals, it's like not a hundred percent there because the way the it shapes. It, if that makes sense, you know, when you're under underwater with a glass or whatever like the distortion that you get. So that's kind of weird. So you kind of trying to look straight and you kind of like turn your whole body to like look at stuff and see stuff. But it was pretty cool. Like the guys that were kind of giving us the tour down there kind of show us like some of the tricks, which is pretty cool because since you have constant air pressure the water doesn't go up that high. But the guy, for instance, took his own hose and tucked the air to it and flipped his helmet upside down and released all the water. Then he put the helmet back on and released the hose and you just see it like a reverse car wash where the water is just draining out of his helmet.
1: <laughs> oh wow. I gotcha.
0: Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. The only you just have to like it's weird because you gotta keep good posture. Uh When you're in the helmet, because if you lean forward, water will come in the back, if that makes sense. Because the air pressure can only keep so much out, and by tilting it or moving it, you're not having that air pressure in there. So like, water can potentially come in the front or the back a little bit, depending on which way you move.
1: So that's
0: kind of weird, and it's, it's it's a very weird feeling, too, when you're doing it that way. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so that makes because sense because
0: you're just like you, you feel that water coming in and it's not I mean it's it can come in but it's like well, it's not supposed to and you're feeling it so it's kind of weird but I if anybody has any reservations about how many diving I say do it it was the coolest thing we were down there for like 30 minutes looking at some coral and some fish and they do a good job of giving me a little tour walking around with the whole group and everything I thoroughly enjoyed it in, um, and i i uh, if I can do it again, I'm 100% going to go do it again on uh, another cruise.
1: Right. That's crazy. 50 feet down. That's uh, How long did it take to get fully all the way down with uh, decompressing and everything?
0: Well, it depends. So for me, I really couldn't get my hand up into my face to, like, blow my ears out uh, like my sister could. So it took me a little longer because as you go down, they don't want, they want to make sure your ears decompress. So as you're going down, they have... So there's the guide with you, then there's a safety diver who's scuba diving, then they have another guy who's attached to the boat whose only job is to help you get down enough. So he's kind of on a mouthpiece with a mask, and he just literally... You go down, and he's right there in front of you making sure you are compressing okay, nothing hurts, your ears are okay, you know what I mean? And it probably took me about 10 minutes to get down because when I was going down, it was a little choppy too, so you're on the the ladder kind of going up and down, trying to go down at the same time. Yes. (laughs) So it probably took me like 10 minutes to get down while decompressing.
1: That's awesome. And and it's crazy because like that's, I mean, that would be the highlight of... Most cruises, you're actually putting a helmet dive on. That's like a big time excursion that you're taking on, and you know, you get that done. If you could say that's really the highlight of the cruise, that's a hell of a cruise just on its own. But then, oh, you're doing in it of itself. Yeah, and you're doing the Panama Canal. But what was next after uh, Grand Cayman? So well, well wait, let, me it it. let me back it okay. up. Let me back it up. So, how was the tender? Was it, was it a pain in the neck? I, I just, I, I despise tenders. How was it?
0: Disney
1: actually does it pretty
0: good. I feel... I haven't tendered on any of the other cruises. I've only tendered on Disney. But the way Disney does it is they legit have their own theater. So they show movies constantly. And everyone goes to the tender, and to the theater, you get a ticket, they're showing movies while you're waiting, or little short films and stuff like that. And then they take groups from there down to the tender. So however quick tenders are coming is how quick you know you could be getting getting off and for us you know we i think there we waited five minutes for a tender which was very surprising right but they're pretty organized with how they do it you need to have a tender ticket um you got to go to a certain place first and then they have disney staff escorting you to the tender so it's not like people can just jump in obviously the tenders can only hold so many people they literally count for the people that are going on the tender to make sure that they have the most they can get on without breaking up families and stuff like that.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. All right. So let's let's move it along and what, and then so the next port of call was where? The next port of
0: call was
1: Cartagena, Colombia. Okay. So now we're leaving the freaking continent now for this one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So <laughs> i I've, I've heard mixed reviews on Cartagena. I've heard it was uh, very nice. It was. You know, obviously a lot of Spanish influence, and it was it's it's very kind of old old world, old old new world. But I also heard that there was uh, it, it can be a little dicey as far as safety or, or shadiness is concerned. Did you what, what did you feel about Cartagena?
0: So when we were there, we weren't there very long. I think we were in Cartagena for seven or eight hours, and not very long. And we did a tour, which pretty much took our entire time that we were in Carthage.:
1: Okay, what was the um, tour?
0: I don't remember the specific name of it. I remember our guide's our name was King Arthur.
1: Well, King Arthur was the guy's <laughs> name. Yeah. Modest, was, modest fella.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, uh, he's one of the best ones. Cause, uh, he speaks four different languages.
1: Yeah. Would... He
0: speaks German, French, Spanish, and English. Okay. So he he says he gets a lot of business because uh, apparently a lot of German people go to Cartagena.
1: Um, okay. So this was a this was like a guided like city or or a area neighborhood tour. Is that what the tour was? Yeah, it was a it was a guided city tour. Okay.
0: And they kind of take you. We kind of went all around. Went to the castle of uh, San Felipe, which is a huge castle that they have there. Yeah. He kind of told us about the guy and. Uh, San Felipe literally lost his freaking... He lost an eye, he lost a leg, he lost an arm. So, like, this guy was, like, all about Cartagena and whatnot. Yeah. I can see where the the diciness comes from if you're on your own. Uh-huh. Because um, we were going, driving through some of these areas. Uh, they weren't, like, the best looking. Um, we pretty much stayed in the old section of Cartagena. We didn't go to the new area. But, yeah, we pretty much did the castle. They took us to, like, talk about the Inquisition when it happened there we did a walking foot tour of the old city went to a bunch of churches. The weirdest thing was when we went to the Inquisition air place the Inquisition place we right after we left there we went to the house where every Miss Columbia stays
1: at. the house where every Miss Columbia stays at Wow felt like the year of her reign is what it is.
0: Yeah, so whenever they announce Miss Columbia, this is where she goes. And this is, like, her, I guess, during her reign, this is her house. And outside of it, they have every Miss Columbia, like, picture on the ground from, like, the very first one. So, like, 1970s or something like that, 1670s. 70s. Okay. Um, then they also have the Miss Columbia, the one Miss Universe, on the ground as well as their own little separate things.
1: Gotcha. Well, I would imagine that house would have to be uh, heavily secured.
0: Oh, like, oh yeah, right out front. I mean, there's gate right there. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> like yeah. you can't get into and everything. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, the city tour was was pretty nice. Um, like I said, it took the whole time there. It was super. I thought Florida was hot, but holy crap, Cartagena was so freaking hot man i think they said it was like 39 degrees celsius when we were there which is like around 110 degrees wow i believe yeah so it was super hot and like i said man we've been in you know i live in florida with you and i thought florida was hot but man this is a different type of heat down there i don't know how they do it all the time
1: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, and imagine like it's all year round. Florida, at least you know, especially up up by where you are, you almost get a little bit of a season uh, early. You know, the winter and and fall and things like that. Down there, it's just oppressive heat all year round, right?
0: Oh yeah, that's those. I guess while we we're there is like one of the hottest days that they've had in a while too. And I was like, geez, that's my luck.
1: Although, I will say this. They say that that Phoenix is a dry heat. I lived out in Phoenix for uh, about six months. I, I don't care. I lived in Florida, South Florida, Orlando. It, it, I, you could keep, I don't care about the dry heat. It's still freaking hot. It, and Florida, to me, I don't know. I guess maybe different people are sensitive to the humidity in different ways, but... I I'll take the humidity at 95, okay? I'll take the humid 95 <laughs> over the 117 degrees I experienced in Arizona. That was like you can't leave the house or you feel like you're in a burning building going to your car. It's out of control.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of how it was in uh, Cartagena.
1: Yeah, you get like, a little humidity there, too.
0: Yeah, a little humidity. I mean, not a lot of breeze, which was kind of <laughs> crappy, but... uh i mean i don't know how, how the. i mean we saw a, a bunch of police that was the one thing i did see a lot of police where we went so i don't know if it's because we were in the touristy areas that we saw them you know yeah um but i did see a good amount of police and they were they were full gear man they were long sleeve shirts long pants yeah hats i'm like man you guys must be dying right yeah, now
1: the mvps i was uh I probably recently took a. I, I recently probably took a similar tour in, in Cuba, and uh, you know it's a lot of. Oh, there's just the Spanish influence. It's probably very similar with the castles and the forts and things like that. But same thing. Our guide, she was just you know wearing a long sleeve long sleeve sweater, wearing no sleeve shirts, shorts, and we are. I mean, literally dehydrating on the spot. And she's just giving us this tour, and she's in her sweater, her long sleeve she's like, yeah, just you do this every day you you'll take the heat over just being baked in the sun because you'll you'll you know you'll fry, I guess is why she did it. That's what she said, but I don't know how they do it you got that's a special kind of getting used to wearing warm, long clothing in that type of weather.
0: yeah, a hundred percent agree with you, <laughs>
1: yeah, um yeah, me too, Both of you I think we will have that in common. We both run a little hot, we don't we, neither of us love the uh you know." <laughs> I love a good a c yeah. you know what I mean I like i like the a c oh hundred percent agree with you on that one. imagine that though I don't know how I don't know what year was a c invented Do you know I don't even know, but imagine i know it was invented in Florida, yeah, was it it had to be i
0: yeah when we went, when i went to d c one time off topic <laughs> they, had these, they had these statues in the Capitol. um and one of them was the guy that invented AC.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: that's the only reason I know that it was invented by a guy in Florida.
1: <laughs> well, and let me tell you something: that guy deserves a freaking statue. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: All right, so Cartagena took a nice little city tour. Sounds like it was a lot of fun, despite the uh, just the oppressive heat. Uh, where do we go from now?
0: From there. So the very the first half is very time restricted. Because when you go through the canal, you have to be there at a specific time. If you're not, you're screwed. So I felt the first half was very strict And hey, make sure you're back because we have to be here by this time. Otherwise, we don't go through the canal.
1: I would imagine Disney's not a big pier runner cruise line.
0: No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> not like the other ones.
1: Okay. So then, um, uh, so what's next? Are we right to the canal yet or do we have another stop before that?
0: Well, we're right, we go right to the canal, the Cartagena Canal is the very next day, and the canal is like an all-day process. Yeah. Starts. We started the process at 5 in the morning.
1: So, what do you go into the, uh, what is it called, the Gatun Lake?
0: Yep, the Gatun Lake. So, we went, it's actually kind of weird when you're going through, the Panama Canal because the way it's shaped, um, for a little bit of the stretch, the uh, sun rises over the Atlantic Ocean. Wait, hold on. No, it rises over the Pacific Ocean and sets in the Atlantic Ocean.
1: Really? Because
0: of how it curves up and then comes back down. So the water juts in on both sides. So in that middle stretch where you kind of go through the water is technically rising over the Pacific because it juts in, if that makes sense
1: okay, alright, yeah, no, I see what you're saying um, that, yeah that's gotta be weird to experience <laughs> right yeah,
0: so we were going through I was like, all oh, all sorts of screwed up, because they're like yeah, this is land and then there's the Pacific Ocean over there, we're like, what how did
1: that, <laughs> how did that happen, yeah well, it's just kind of weirdly
0: you're trying to like wrap it around because you're going through the land They're like, Oh yeah. And, you know, a little, you know, a couple miles, a hundred miles, That way you're going to run into the Pacific ocean. And you're like, what? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the process started at 5am. Um, and what I mean that people were up at 5am, people were up at 5am man um, this is the first Disney cruise ship I've been on also that only had they told us there was only two hundred less than two hundred kids on the boat.
1: Really? That's unheard so, of problems, probably right?
0: Pretty much. I mean but I mean it kinda makes sense. It's a two week long cruise. It was in uh February, so school time, so we can take their kids really out of school for that long. Um
1: That's true, yep.
0: we booked early for it because of my mom and sister, and we were only paying $2,300 per person um, per room, so 4600 for the room um, for two people. Okay. Um, that was going for 6500 per person about the time of sailing, I think they said. Okay. Um, so price jumped up astronomically Yeah, for it. So I think it's another reason Plus, one of the perks with Disney is the more you sail with them, once you've done 10 or more cruises, you're considered a platinum member, and you can book cruises before anybody
1: else. Oh, you get like a little pre-sale type of uh, opportunity?
0: Yeah, so when they release, it goes platinum members get to book, let's just say Monday, Tuesday is gold members, uh, Wednesday silver members, and Thursday is the general public. So you get to book... Before anybody else can even see it. So a lot of people that have been on on a lot of those cruises take essentially which ones they want to go on and it kind of trickles down from there, you know. Not a lot of kids, but uh, so the front of the deck for the cruise is like the best place to kind of like watch it from. Well, that was already jam-packed at like 5.30, my sister was telling me. She got up at five and was up there like five fifteen. I was like I'm sleeping in till like six or so and by the time I got up there, the whole area was just it was jam packed Then they kind of had like a little continental breakfast set up in the front for everybody. oh wow, so they had juice and croissants and muffins and stuff like that. Um, we went under their new bridge that they have, which I can't remember what it's called. I think it's the century bridge is the first bridge we went under. And they said it was, because we had this liquid nitrogen tanker in front of us, uh-huh. they said it was going to take 30 minutes before we started going through the canals. So my mom finally met up with me up there and we decided to go to Cabana's to go eat, which is essentially, I think it's Waves on Royal Caribbean, right? Is that the buffet? The Waves?
1: No, it's uh, the Windjammer.
0: The Windjammer. I don't know why I was thinking Waves. Yeah, the windjammer. So Cabana's is essentially like the windjammer. So we went to Cabana's to go eat, and Cabana's, they have two little parts that kind of jut out in the back from the cruise ship. So you're kind of over the water. Okay. So we were able to find some seats, a uh, table there, and that's where we went through the canal from. So it was also very hot I'm going through the canal also. There's right. Because you're... Right there, also. So I took a little chair and I set up. Uh, I set up my phone and did a little timeline video, um, looking out the back of the cruise ship going through the canals.
1: So wait, so you didn't have a? So you had an inside cabin?
0: Yeah, we had an inside cabin for this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Ocean view and Bal- Ocean view was double the price. Wow. And then the balcony was about. Two and a half times the
1: price. They don't mess around. They know they can get that money when it's uh, you know, such a visual type of tour where you're seeing all those ports and you know the the experience going through the locks. They they're gonna tax you for that, huh?
0: Oh, hundred percent. I mean, going through the locks isn't cheap either. One of the cool things that Disney does I know it was so i am been jumping all over the place, but they had a guy who used to work for the canal. He was a tugboat captain when the U.S. owned it. So he had these presentations, about five five presentations an hour long about the Panama Canal. And he went from the history to the process to how much it cost to go through, roughly. Um, And he was saying that for us to go through probably cost around... $600,000 Six hundred thousand to seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to go through the canal,
1: just to pass through the canal.
0: Yep, one way, one time, just a one time.
1: So that's not for every. That's based on occupancy or uh, based on how many people are on the ship, because that you, not every ship so has to be that right. It's
0: different per ship. so they do it or both. So they do it one of two ways, and they take whatever way is higher. They do it by the number of occupied beds and the number of unoccupied beds. Okay. And then they do it by gross tonnage. And the gross tonnage always usually is the higher one. So they usually take, they always take the higher price. Like okay. Whatever way it works out to be. And he, the guy was saying that sometimes, you know, shifts will be waiting out because there's, you can see there's just a ton of shifts. Anchored out there, and they said he said ships could be waiting out there for you know up to a month waiting to go through the Panama Canal. Are you kidding me? So they don't have to pay like because Disney paid to because it costs money to go through a specific time and a specific way you get them paid. And so, like, there's a bunch of extra fees they put if you want to go for a specific time, then you got to pay three days before you get there in full. So, boats can be waiting out there a month to just go through and not have to be charged an exorbitant amount.
1: What is there, like a toll booth set up? Is, like, is there an easy Easy pass option or no?
0: <laughs> I didn't see anything, so I don't know. I'm not 100% sure how that one works out, but yeah, everything he was saying got to be paid in full, like three days before you get
1: there. I'd crash the gate and deal with it when, they get you, when you get the letter in the mail. Then you got to pay for that sun pass bill. Oh good. Yeah, right. What uh so so was it cool to watch the locks being, you know, the the little uh riverbed being filled and stuff like that? Did you was that yeah, cool? Yeah. So
0: so I don't know if you know, but there is a new set of locks now
1: yeah. that they have. Yeah.
0: Um so we went through the new locks.
1: And they were the, the, the the, that, that opened it up for a whole bunch of new ships to go through, right? Because you had to, to, to be a P- Panamax, Panamax, you were had to be a certain size that you were able to fit through. And those new locks allowed for larger vessels to go through, right?
0: Yes, 100%. Um, so, like, for the Disney ship we were on, they added an extra 20 feet to the tail end of it to kind of help stabilize it. And that essentially made them too long. To go through the old locks, so to go through the old locks takes about thirty minutes. To go through three locks, Um, with the newer lock system, because of them saving water, they need like it saves them a lot more water this way. It takes thirty minutes per lock.
1: I guess maybe uh, some some of the listeners may not even know what we're talking about with locks. Can you just uh, quickly maybe explain that process? So the locks is just basically having to compartmentalize the ship into certain areas and elevate the ship so it can not run aground, right, and fill up. How, how does that work?
0: So, um, between Gatun Lake and the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean, um, there's an 85-foot difference between levels. Okay, between so you got to raise Lake. it, right?
1: You have to raise it.
0: Yeah, so for us, we got to get raised up 85 feet. Um, and the way they do that is you go through three locks and go in your your essentially go in the first lock they shut the gates behind you and they fill her up
1: they flood it out right yeah
0: um and like I said the new locks are a little bit different they have like three reservoir tanks off to the side that you can see from the ship and that's where the water comes from to raise the uh to raise the the boat up essentially um and it's essentially once you go on one it fills up the once it's once the water level for the first lock matches the second lock they open the gates up you go to the next one same, same. process back door closes you raise up go to the next one raise up go to the next one so you just they they step you up slowly to make that 85 feet gap
1: up okay so it's not such a drastic 85 feet it's 30 here 25 here 30 here so i got you yeah um all right so that's must have been a cool process to watch right
0: yeah so that like i said we're in the new one so it takes uh, it was an hour and a half process essentially for us to go through the, the first three locks, and it's pretty cool because the entire time either today or tomorrow i'll post some stuff on uh, the the group page for you because i got my time lapse so I'll post my time-lapse video on there so you can kind of see. Um, we had two tugboats with us, one in the front and one in the back, to kind of help us out. Because when you go through the old locks, they have the trains to help you out. Gotcha. So with the old locks, you essentially you, you send out your your ropes, they you attach them to the trains, and the trains move along with you. And, they, and the trains are the thing that keep you centered, essentially, in in the lock. So you don't have to worry about hitting the sides when you go through the new ones um they don't have the trains so they shoot out the ropes and when you're they're filling it up you know they do tie them off but to help when you're transitioning between the locks they have two tugboats one in the front one in the back that essentially keep you in the middle to not really hit the sides so it's kind of weird in the time lapse. All you're going to see, so you're going to see a lot of the tugboat just literally going back and forth in the time lapse video, okay. trying to keep us in the in the center.
1: Oh, that makes sense. So, all right. So you go, th- you get through the locks eventually, and then boom, voila! Now you're in the Pacific freaking ocean, and it'll just like that. Uh, it's amazing. It's just, just just the wonderment of that canal of. What it did for, I guess, you know, sea travel and just kind of the shipping industry and everything like that, and now eventually pleasure cruising as well. Man, uh, obviously there's planes now and everything like that, but amazing the amount of time and the economical uh, economic effects that it had on the shipping industry, right?
0: Oh, 100%. It's, it's just crazy. Like I say it's an all-day process, too, so like... When you're going through Gatoon Lake, it's kind of like, man, someone had to dig this stuff out. You know, dig where we're going
1: out. A lot so. of lives were lost too, right? There's some. There's some cool documentaries on it uh, if you want to check them out. You know, because it get kind of get you hyped to take a Panama Canal cruise. And uh, you know, oddly enough, that movie, what was it called? Uh, Hands of Stone or R- Roberto Duran? Um, you know, clearly it was about what the, it was. Yeah, it was life about the bo- the, the boxer's life, but uh, I guess uh, an underlining story was kind of his passion for Panama and a little bit of you get a little bit of a taste of what it was like between uh, the countries fighting over the Panama Canal, as you mentioned before. The U.S. built it, so they they had their we had our feelings towards having rights to it and then Panama said well it's in our country we have rights to it and for so many years it was ours and then it was sort of a joint and then it was it's theirs now right completely 100%
0: theirs now yeah we we only had a hundred year lease on it okay we had it for a hundred years and now it's all run by Panama now
1: all right so now we're in the Pacific Ocean and then we have some stops making our way up to California where'd we stop first so we
0: have four sea days um, before we hit our first port of call, <laughs> which was probably uh, the longest stretch, um, I think it was just like the perfect amount of time.
1: Yeah, um,
0: of sea days because after that, was we like, all
1: right, we're I'm happy to see a port now. Right. Well, let me ask you this first. Did you get a look at? Um, so my thing was with Panama. I wanted to. When I was looking into getting a a Panama Canal cruise, and I was really hot on that for a little while, I was like, you know what, I want to do it. The more I investigated it, the more I saw that, honestly, I'd want to do the full transit. I wouldn't want to kind of just pop in and pop out, to be honest with you, take a look at it, as cool as it probably is. I'm saying if I'm going to take that much, if I'm going to spend that much kind of money on a cruise, if I'm going to take that much time off, and if I'm going to kind of put in that type of effort, uh, I'm probably going to only do it once. So I'd probably want to do it full transit. And um, the reason for that is because researching the city of Panama, uh, the Panama City in Panama, it looked really cool. Did you get any good visuals of Panama City?
0: So that was probably the only thing that I was very bummed about, is that... You really couldn't see Panama City. It was very distant. Okay, we, we, we weren't we weren't that close to it. Even at nighttime, like you really couldn't see the city that well, lit up and everything. So that was the only downside to it. Is we really weren't near Panama City itself to really get a good view of the city. So that was the one thing I would say I was bummed
1: about right yeah because um, they actually do. It. They're, they're very few and far between they're very very few but I forgot the name of the port but they actually have a, a port out there that some of the some of the cruises do stop at and then you can kind of get off in that area and now I guess it's not that far so what is the call in uh, Panama Limon or is it is it Limon I think um that's uh um, Limon
0: or uh, I wanna Cologne, or Cologne. Sound, I want to say Sound.
1: sounds, sounds yeah. right. Limon or Cologne are the ones that are right there uh, I, I, I think it's Pologne. Okay. I think it's Pallone. So then yeah, I heard I heard I heard that's a little can get a little dicey too and dangerous. But I hear there's tours that will take you across. I hear it's like basically an hour to get at least an hour to get to Panama City if you're going to go like across. But I also heard that there was a stop out there. There was a port out there that you could, I don't know if it's a port or a tender or whatever, but you can. But I just was reading up on Panama City and it looked really cool because, you know, there's like some nice little causeways and places to eat and walk and and, and drink and shop and things like that. And, And Panama City, is one of the oldest cities in the Americas and uh you know they say it's just a very for that area a very cosmopolitan city a pretty modern city for that area. I was kind of pumped to see that. But so all right, so we didn't get a good look at that. Where do we so we must have done the first uh stop in what a Costa Rica or something like that or No, nah, first stop was Mexico. We went to Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta. Okay, so now you're getting into a very popular cruise ports. We got a lot of friends out there on the West Coast. Shout out to the Cruise Dudes, Sherry, Cruise Tips TV. These are all places you hear about all the time. And uh, I don't know about it. I do have a friend who, literally, his parents, they've had a timeshare in Puerto Vallarta for probably at least 20, 25 years now. And they go every single year, sometimes twice a year. Uh, how is that protocol?
0: It's funny because they, uh, they call Puerto Vallarta Puerto de Walmart. <laughs> um because because when you dock literally right across the street is a walmart
1: oh my god see what like, you're doing no joke the corporate the you corporations take over
0: hundred percent literally right there like a five ten minute walk from the port that's how literally how close it is. it's crazy um <laughs> but uh when we were in puerto vallarta we uh we went shopping i'm more me my sister my mom went shopping I kinda tagged along. Yeah. With the shopping. But I did get some stuff. But um that's all we really did there was we went shopping. Um, and we went to Diamonds International, and I started drinking uh, Coronas at uh, eight in the morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, that's kind of the way it is, right? You're on a cruise, and you know, days and times kind of don't end up being as much of a factor as they are on land. So, yeah, if you get into port six, seven o'clock, you know, that's almost like eight o'clock, nine o'clock. That's coming up on lunchtime, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: Exactly. All right, so you got out of And then what was next?
0: We just shopped and ate in Puerto Vallarta. We ate at uh, Senior Frogs, go figure. Okay, um,
1: Senior Frogs.
0: One of the cool things I liked at Senior Frogs, which I haven't seen at another, any other place, is while we were dining, they, uh, they had like a bunch of signs, and they put a sign behind you. So my dad had like Viagra Lover, <laughs> um, my mom had horny mooner. Okay. um the uh, the port shopping guy, my mom and sister knew him from a different cruise, so he came and ate with us, and, like his was signaling looking my sister's was sex machine mine was we'll work for uh we'll have sex for money or something like that oh
1: really um <laughs> so they're, yeah they're or, taking some liberties they had getting a little uh Get a little racy. It started out innocent and it got a little racy as you went along.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But uh, as you're dining, these insi- like
1: signs are just behind you. <laughs> oh, so they're, they're, like, they're just behind you? Are they not coming over yeah, with
0: just, them? No, they, so you sit down and they'll, they just start putting signs behind people. And as you're eating, these signs are behind you. So when pe- new people walk in, they see these signs behind you. And it's essentially just like a funny thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Eventually, they took them away um, near the end of the meal. Yeah, if you want to get a quick um,
1: little picture to break each other's chops, you get to get that opportunity. So it's like you're creating little physical memes.
0: Exactly. So we ate, and then we since we got back on the boat, Port of the was nice. Does the staff um, at Senior Fro-
1: Does the staff at Senior Frogs on the uh uh, uh uh over over out west? Do they get drunk like they do in the Caribbean?
0: I don't know if it's because we we're the only cruise ship that was there. Um, at the time, we were the only ones at Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. So I don't know if it was we were the only ones, but there weren't that many guests in Senior Frogs. When we were leaving, that was when there was the most amount of people there. There was like maybe six or seven other tables. Right. So I don't really know how to answer that because I feel there's more ships and more people. It might have been different.
1: Might have been different a little bit later too, maybe. Yeah, I got gotcha.
0: you. The... I mean, the staff was phenomenal, like, the guy, we asked him to take a picture, but he started taking uh, selfies with us, which is, like, what my profile picture is, is our server taking a selfie with us.
1: Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, they were extremely cool. It's very nightclub-ish there, too, at that one, more than the other one I felt.
1: Oh, okay, so it was more set up to be, like, a, more like a party at night type of thing
0: yeah just like kind of a feel and kind of small we were sitting kind of felt like a dance floor if you took away the tables and stuff like that but i mean all in all it was a phenomenal experience and i mean you can't beat that exchange rate over there we we spent maybe i think it was like 150 dollars including tips for five people to eat with drinks okay so it wasn't too bad at all price wise
1: no it doesn't sound like it uh, all right, so then what was next after Puerto Vallarta?
0: So after Puerto Vallarta, we went to probably my favorite place of the cruise, Cabo San Lucas.
1: Okay, yep. Those are two, uh, the two the, the popular ones over there. So how was that over there? That's a cool kind of sailing, right? I always see the pictures of those nice kind of rocks shooting out of the ocean.
0: Oh, man, man. So we did a tour there as well. First half of the tour, I thoroughly enjoyed there. It was uh, a boat tour, was like an hour-long boat tour second half of the tour I could have done without we went to a glass factory which was interesting it wasn't really my uh, like cup of tea but we went to a glass factory and they took us to this restaurant that had really good view of like the port area or whatever but the boat tour is probably the coolest part because they took us out to the famous you know the cliffs and essentially allowed everybody to take pictures the boat turned 360 degrees so no matter what side you were on, you can get a good picture of those clips and everything like that. Water, gorgeous. But yeah, that's, I mean, we did a tour there, so like I said, I kind of took up the whole time when we were there. But they did have a, a lot of uh, funny things when it came to shopping at uh, Cabo San Lucas. They're definitely exploiting the whole Trump thing um, down there. <laughs> Just like a couple of their shirts. One of them was, you know, on the fun side of Trump's wall. Um <laughs> And then uh, another one was Trump's sandwich. It's uh, white bread, full of bologna, with Russian dressing, and a small pickle. <laughs> so they're definitely taking full advantage of Trump down there with uh, with stuff. But, uh, but, yeah, I'm sure, yeah, they, have a, I'm sure they have
1: a pretty captive audience, people buying that stuff up, eating that stuff up, huh?
0: Oh, I'm sure they do. But uh, I wish I had more time in Cabo. That's how much I enjoyed it. Well, yeah, um, people
1: go there. It's por- uh, those Both of those ports, you hear all about them. Like people, um, you know, I always like it. I always like sailing into these places that are just not known as cruise-only ports. Cruise Ports of call that are just made for cruise ships aren't as much as enjoyable to me as those, uh, you know, those ones that are like almost actual cities and almost actual destinations that people fly to and stay at. And that's uh, Cabo is just like one of those, right? Oh yeah! Did you see Sammy Hagar down there?
0: Where they? Ah oh, no! I was Gronk, uh, Rob Van was down there when I was down there though. Oh geez, <laughs> the Gronk! Hey, I didn't get I didn't get to see him though. Unfortunately, I tried. I did. I did say I did try. <laughs>
1: so, to ask him how he's enjoying retirement, huh?
0: Exactly, man. Some of the yachts that we saw like the entire time we were cruising too. Yeah, man. There was especially Cabo. There was one that literally had its own helicopter just sitting on it for the owner to use at his leisure.
1: Wow. One day, man. One day. Must be nice.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> um, but,
0: yeah, no, Cabo. Cabo, I want to go back and spend time in Cabo. Okay. Um, We were there. Uh, it felt like five hours. Probably was a little bit longer. But I just, I think between... Seeing everything there is the sea and just there's so much more you can do in Cabo
1: uh-huh. than
0: just, you know, your little five, seven hours that you you stop there. And that is also another tender place, uh tender um place as well.
1: Oh, Cabo is not a is not a dock, it's tender?
0: Yeah, Cabo is a tender.
1: Eventually that hopefully will change, but uh who knows. All right, so what so what else? Did you do the uh, Ensenada or no? Uh, no. <laughs> okay.
0: That was it. We just uh, had one more sea day after that, and we are in San Diego.
1: San Diego, they, from what I've seen, they've done a lot with that port. Um, there's definitely been, a, you know, obviously Long Beach, L.A., whatever you want to call it, runs the show out there. But uh, San Diego has taken a nice little uh, upturn in the amount of port traffic, and they said as a result they've kind of shaped up the port area there as well. Did you notice that, the surrounding area of the port of San Diego?
0: So... I don't, you, uh, I don't know if you, I don't you, I did I go to Hawaii when you worked at Cowgirls with me or no?
1: Yes, yes. Or no, okay, or no, so I think it was, I, I think it was after, but you told me about it. We talked about it.
0: Okay, so I've been to San Diego a couple of times, just flying out to Hawaii. Yeah. So I've been to San Diego for the past, I don't know, 10 years, last time was like three, four years ago we usually kind of stay the way the airport is is you're right by the harbor essentially yeah. um, so the hotels we stayed at are literally on the harbor so I've seen San Diego for like the past 10 years I guess um, and they definitely have changed it they definitely have changed it up uh, a bit okay. and definitely made it a little bit nicer in the last couple of years I wouldn't say that uh, it's a bit too big of a difference now it.
1: Huh? what well, you wouldn't see there was too big a difference over the last couple of years?
0: Yeah, over the last couple of years, not really. It's uh, still the exact thing that I remember uh-huh. um, from when I was there, when I went to Hawaii. We were also kind of getting in at, you know, 6 in the morning. So I didn't, you know, we kind of just got off the ship at the port area, then essentially took a cab to the airport. Um, so I didn't really get to explore like I did when I was going to Hawaii where I had like you know, eight hours of
1: free time. Gotcha. All right. So then you, then you just made it home from San Diego. So before we let you go, I would like to ask you and I'm putting you on the spot. I didn't have your this or anything. Just, I guess, whatever first comes to mind. Uh, two things, favorite thing about anything you've done on land for the entire trip or, or like on an excursion. And your favorite experience on the ship. What was your favorite thing, your favorite memory, experience, food, whatever, activity, movie, whatever it is, on the ship? One for the ship and one for the ports.
0: So for ports, probably the helmet diving. I I think, think that took the cake. And just you're down there, you know, especially if you go down far enough, like you really don't see the top of the ocean. You really feel like you're down there in a different world. Like that is, that was by far the the coolest thing that I've ever done, and would 100% do it again. In regards to the ship, I mean, I'm a I'm a big nerd, so the Marvel the Marvel premiere, you know, the premiere of Captain Marvel on the ship for me was pretty up there.
1: Yeah, if you're um, if you're into that stuff, I could see how that would be awesome.
0: But I mean, the only other thing that I really did enjoy other than that was um, they do a lot of, they do animation classes on Disney boats to teach you how to draw characters and stuff. Yeah. So I drew probably 20 different characters, everything from Mickey to Slick from A Bug's Life to Stitch to uh, Powerline Max from A Goofy Movie. So that was probably uh, a cool thing also that I did uh, you know on the boat um clearly you could read like, your 20
1: animations so <laughs> yeah exactly you got your money's worth that is awesome i i I used to like to draw when I was a kid I was you know all right I it never really I'm not going I'm not no bob ross or anything like that but I kind of like to do that I think if you have the creative juice at all the creative gene at all you like to do that I would definitely like to do that I, de- I did the freaking stupid painting the uh, painting class on the uh Norwegian. Uh, shit, oh, yeah? Breakaway, yeah, like last time. I tried to do it this time, but I showed up too late. I got there like 11.06, and it looked like it was going to be a disaster anyway. The lady, didn't, the lady didn't know how to, I guess she was having trouble transferring the paint into the uh, palettes. I guess it was too thick, and there was like three people that were taking the class trying to help her. It sounds like it's better better I didn't make that one anyway. But, yeah, I could see how that would be really, really cool, kind of get the... Uh, feel for how to almost feel like a like a little bit of a car- cartoonist for a day.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's great. I mean, they go step-by-step step with you, too, so that's probably the best part is, you know, there's a guy teaching you literally taking you step-by-step, step, so you really can't you go too wrong. Granted, you know, one of my Mickeys does look like a
1: Chinese Mickey, but that's besides the point. It might be a market, <laughs> the Asian market, Asian Mickey. No problem. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, our, our lady, our Class, uh, the painting class. We sat down and uh, she welcomed us. When I did it, she welcomed us. Oh, welcome everybody! I'm gonna put on some music. All right, whose first time painting is this? We all said yes, and then she said, "Me too."
0: <laughs> oh man, I
1: don't think that's a confidence boost right there. No, she didn't even do it. She didn't even do the painting. She told us what to do. So the guess she said the guy who normally does it is sick or whatever. So she tells us, "All right, this is what you do: take green and." Uh, Green and purple. Mix it together. Now brush horizontally. She just basically talked us through the painting. Like, (laughs) (laughs) There's no frame of reference here. She had one that was done, so the guy must have woke up in the morning, or maybe he had one set. So it sat there. But then her board was right next to us, and she would just do what she told us to do. But at no point did she ever do anything that would resemble an actual painting. She was just, like, doing the strokes. I'm like, I don't know. This is a little, uh, I might... I don't know if you, you, should, you could charge thirty five dollars for this. <laughs> oh
0: man! But it was a good. That's. Time. I mean, I, I think that sucks too when you got to pay for it. But yeah, like that's the that's the other good thing about Disney is essentially minus the alcohol once yeah. you're on board, you, everything else is free. So you just pick and choose what you want to go to, and you don't have to pay for it.
1: It's a good sign of a of a of a real vacation too. I mean, I don't know when it's going to stop, but the din- nickel and diming is just getting out of control. But Listen, it is what it is. What are you going to do? I can't fight it. Exactly. City
0: exactly. I mean, you got to pay for the adult-only dinner on the cruise ship, but I mean, that's forty bucks. That's well worth it, in my
1: opinion. Right. Right. Um, all right, Dan. Well, it was awesome hearing about the trip. And again, who the hell wouldn't love to take a two-week Disney Panama Canal cruise with those ports of call? Sounded like it was a blast. And when's the next one?
0: Next one is September. I'm doing a Disney Chris, or not Christmas. It's a Halloween, the Halloween theme cruise.
1: Oh my gosh, that's gonna be I. I still want to do one of those. I want to do one of those. either holidays, Halloween, Christmas, New Year, something. I think a New Year's on a cruise ship. Ah, man, I, I gotta try to make that happen at some point, quick.
0: I was I was thinking the same thing because I can only because Disney does fireworks on pretty much all their all their cruise ships. Yeah. So. I can only imagine what a new year's on the cruise ship would be like with Disney.
1: Exactly. And then we also gotta work on you for this uh for the group cruise, the always be booked group cruise. We're still working on you for that. We'll see how that goes.
0: I mean, hopefully, I mean I gotta if everything goes according to plan at work, uh, I, I hopefully can, but I won't know for a couple of months exactly what's going right, on still. So. Right.
1: so you're saying there's a chance, okay.
0: Exactly. There's, there's always a chance for a cruise. You and I both know that. A hundred percent.
1: You miss a hundred percent of the cruises you don't take.
0: Exactly.
1: All right, Dan. Thanks. Thanks, Tommy.